0: welcome to super entrepreneurs podcast today we have with us neil merchant danny neil is the founder and ceo of l event furnishing and rentals an atlanta-based multi-million dollar event rental furniture drapery and dance floor provider the company is the number one furnishing provider for film sets music videos sporting etc that's amazing neil thank you for coming on the show Thank you. My pleasure. So how did you get into this? Is this something that you were involved
1: in before you started this business? I was actually a DJ back when I was 15, 16 years old, just trying to earn a living. And when I was doing that, we were, I was DJing wedding and, and things like that. And what happened was a couple of my clients were asking if they could rent lighting from me. And I said, sure. Bought it. A- few pieces of lighting, rented it to them, realized that charging 600 or $800 for DJing could now turn into $1,000 if I rent them a product. And fast forward, what, five years from then or six years from then, one of my clients asked if they could rent a piece of furniture from me for their cocktail hour. And I said, sure. I can't remember exactly where I bought it, but I figured it out. I bought something and I rented it to them. And for some reason, I liked that aspect of it. I like the recurring revenue model of it. And, and I just kept going from there because once you rent something to somebody, there's a possibility they could do it again and again. and Or at least the concept is that piece is going to be rented again and again. So that is what I was aiming for. And I was aiming to try to do something that would allow me to scale this tiny one-man operation beyond myself. Was, that was my way of doing it. That was excellent. And you have yeah. definitely scaled it beyond unit. yeah over
0: the years yes yeah so is it just atlanta or you actually service
1: any other areas as well we service the southeast but atlanta is such a big market that we yeah we often don't get enough time or we, we don't we just don't have enough time to actually service A lot outside of Atlanta, but we do service once in a while, we do service outside such as Miami, we do service Alabama, we service Tennessee, Carolinas, and all that as well.
0: So can you share like a strategy to help you grow any kind of specific type of strategy that is your go-to strategy that if
1: you do another business, you will definitely incorporate? Yeah, there's a lot of those, but I would say that one of them would be to make sure that you, that I invest for tomorrow. One of the biggest things that I learned early on, and I'm so thankful I did was that, and it's something that I call eat well daily, but starve when you win the lottery. And what that really means is that throughout, even when I'm, even when we started now was doing three, $400,000 in of revenue in year number one, that's made up of these small little contracts, and then there might be one. Fifteen twenty thousand dollar contract that comes in between that, and what I did every single time that happened was I took that money and I put it right back in. It was. It seems like it's the opposite of what some of my colleagues in this business or in in a lot of other businesses do, where they take that as almost a liquidity event, or small liquidity event rather, where they might maybe today that means that we go get a hundred thousand dollar contract where our average might be five or ten thousand dollars. I would do the same thing today. We put it right back in, and survive off of the business, but every single time something large happens, and this happens, I think in anybody's business where there's these larger events that take place, larger contracts, larger sales that take place throughout the year, and when I have taken that money and put it right back in, it's always worked out well because it helps just take to the next level, and for us, for example, when Super Bowl came to Atlanta, that's a huge event for Atlanta, the city, so when something like that happens. We know we're going to get a ton of business. We're going to get a flood of business. But I knew that was going to be a revenue. That was going to be a revenue event. That was not going to be a profit event. So we took all the revenue that came in, which technically created a good bit of profit, put it straight back in, and it just catapulted us to the next level right after Super Bowl. So I think it generated for us another few million dollars just in the next year, just because of how much we put in during that time. So I would do the same thing again. If I was to start something else. Just you know, to reinvest it, right? Into the Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So do you guys do food as well, or is it just strictly equipment?
1: It's furniture. It's not food. We don't do food. We stick with our we stay in our lane, which is furniture and our main thing is furniture.
0: Can you elaborate on furniture then? If there's no equipment involved, so furniture meaning, is that like sofas? Can you speak about that, please? Yeah,
1: sure. So we call in our industry soft seating, which is furniture that entails sofas, armchairs, coffee tables, end tables, anything that might accent even the chair you're probably sitting in right now. That would rent out to a conference. That would rent out to an artist, some music artists after party that would rent out to, if you ever watch a reunion show of a reality show, whether it be like, mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever reality shows that there, real housewives of New York or something like that. They're sitting on furniture. That's always rented. They're always sitting oh. on furniture that's rented. When you're watching a game show or, or a talk show, they're typically sitting on furniture that's rented for their sets. And that comes from somewhere. Typically that would come from us. So does that include carpets as well? Rugs? It does. Yeah. We would do that to accent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, If you ever
0: need rugs, that's what we manufacture. So if you ever oh, want is to it? get any custom branding, if you wanted to create like a custom, for example, get an order from someone that says, hey, man, I want my logo on my carpet when we're sitting. Oh, in yeah, that, that happens. So, yeah. yeah, obviously we can't just do one. You know, there's a minimum order, but definitely I'd love to help you. Absolutely. Sure. I'll keep that in mind. That's awesome. Yeah, no problem. So now, yeah. so some of these videos and some of these events that you see on TV, right? The furniture they're on a more posh level, like Like they're nice, nicer furniture. So how do you keep that maintained? Because when you're renting it, there's some people that might not be as careful, a little bit more careless about with the, with your products. Is there some kind of a security that you have in place? And also if that happens, what do you do if something gets damaged?
1: Yeah. Good question. Because in the beginning of our business, when that first happened, I thought this was just never going to work. Yeah. Now you, that's something that's learned over time, but we have a full-time, we have full-time two departments here. One that repairs, one that cleans. So when something comes back to us after a movie set, a nightclub rental, it doesn't matter whatever kind of rental it is. We have a a crew here that will actually clean all that and fix any damages. And if, if there's damages that are beyond that one person will go into our repair shop and that would actually get repaired. Very rarely do we see that something gets to a point to where it just is beyond fixing. It's going to have to be trashed. That is very rare. So we, we make sure that we maintain it well by having crews in place to actually be able to handle that. And we do that every single time something goes out. And then further after that's done being cleaned, we make sure that it is wrapped. So that is extremely, that is, we pay very close attention to that. Very good. Can you share
0: your, the wildest location that you actually rented the stuff out
1: to? To a wildest event? location. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Wildest location. I don't know about the wildest location. I could say probably the, the, the coolest thing we've done, which was probably doing the, Maroon, well, there's two of them. There's the Maroon 5 after party that we did when they came to Atlanta and, and did the Super Bowl halftime show. So we did their after party. The, the coolest events I would say that we're a part of are the ones that we're really not supposed to discuss, but they're, they're for A-list rappers or A-list celebrities who will come in and we will handle, and this happens often, where we will handle their personal 100 or 150 person after party after they've performed a concert for thousands of people. And so that is, that's probably the coolest stuff that we're a part of. I get a a satisfaction out of that because it's something that is, it's something that's private and it's for something, it's for something meaningful. And it's not for the overall massive crowd. It's for that, it's for that one person. And we pay close attention to how we're going to execute that. We make sure that it is done to their pristine liking and it's a cool thing
0: yeah for some reason when i said wildest for some reason i was thinking like someone asked to set up in the forest or a mountaintop to create an environment sometimes you see a music video and they're sitting on sofas in a field somewhere and grass and some trees right so i just thought that maybe you went to a specific location location like that for a movie or a video
1: and that's what i was thinking we, and you know what, we have done that, but yeah. the boring part about the movie industry is that we would rent that to a production company and we would not be pretty to where we're, they're putting that until after
0: oh we see it
1: on film. Yes. And it's happened often. We've done rentals for the show Ozarch on Netflix. Oh, I love and that they show. Fil- they, yeah, there you go. So they film that here in Atlanta and we've done rentals for them. Now, when we rent to them, uh, or we rent to the production company that would rent to them, they will take what they want. They will rent what they want from us. They will, we'll see it on camera later on and we'll say, "Wow, we didn't realize you guys were putting that there. And it's, it's cool. But yeah, that's yeah. usually how that goes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool, Neil. And then you probably get to meet some of these people as well, right? Some of these stars.
1: Sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, would you be taking some sort of a deposit as when people rent the furniture from you? Is there a refundable? In case someone in the audience is looking to use your services, did, should they be expecting some sort of a down
1: payment or security deposit? There's no security deposit beyond their rental dollar amount. There's nothing that we take on top of it. So it's pretty straightforward with us, and we anticipate there are going to be slight damages we anticipate there's going to be slight issues here and there but we don't take any additional deposits for rentals we try to make it as seamless as possible for our customers so we don't yeah. do that
0: that's great neil and being in the service area industry and you're helping people furnish their events do you have something that you could share when it comes to customer service You know, because there, I could see that customer service is probably one of your top priorities, right? Yeah. Business that you are. So is there some kind of a strategy or some kind of a system that you have in place for your business that helps you provide that optimal service?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Customer service goes on layers, right? It is, it's at the, it's at the top when the customer first makes contact. And then it's at the, it's all the way to the front line when the customer is interacted with. And I don't think there's enough attention in many businesses. There's not enough attention paid to customer service at the front line. So there's a lot of, you go to a, a look at a, a company, any Fortune 500 company, right? They'll, a lot of them will pay attention to all these strategies and, and dealing with customer service on a top level. But when it actually comes down to it, your dollars are paid by the customer who's interacting with the front line person. So for us, that person is a delivery person and a setup person. And so we train our people to make sure they give the highest level of customer service at the front line when they are delivering, when they are setting things up to the point where they are just rolling out, sometimes literally rolling out the red carpet for, for our customers. So when they arrive on site, that goes down to, and this is part of customer service, in my opinion, it goes down to making sure that when we pull into a parking lot that our trucks are clean, they're not trash in the front of our trucks. We make sure that, that things are wrapped so the customer sees that we're taking care of our product. We make sure that if our customer asks our frontline person to do something extra, that we don't rush them out to just try to get them to another job site. We make sure they complete it. We make sure they do it. We make sure if something is, if a customer forgot to order something, if a client forgot to order something, it just happened yesterday for, for a major airline that's based here in Atlanta, and they forgot to order something as part of a huge contract, we sent a truck out of our place within 30 minutes to handle the situation. And not because it was our fault, but because it was a customer who forgot to do something, but we know, and we don't gouge them on price. When they do that, we make sure that we go in there with a smile on our face. We make sure that we knock that out at the front line. So they feel like they're not only handled on the phone, they're also handled to the final execution.
0: Yeah. That's an important point, Neil, is that front line. The initial contact when you're dealing with customers, and it seems like the most the most common sense type of customer service to include, and you are right, it is lacking in almost every industry there's businesses that are not focusing on that, so that's great that oh yeah. you guys do that, yeah, yeah. can you share any kind of failure that you were involved with or something in the past in a business? have you ever? come across a failure of any sort
1: yeah there's i mean there's failures across the board and they will continue to happen too right yeah i would say that my probably one of my biggest again i've had many but probably one of my biggest failures is is initially when i had a little bit too much ego when i started the business oh yeah and i did not want to get help and so that yielded many problems which i learned eventually but what And it happens to many, right? It's funny when you don't know anything, you think you know everything. And and as you get to know more, you start to be more careful. It's true. It's very true. So, um, and that created a huge, that created many failures because I was importing product from overseas. I didn't know what I was doing. I imported the wrong product that ended up costing me a ton more money. I could have just picked up the phone and called a friend of mine who's done this like 50 times and I just didn't want to do it. Because I thought I was above that. So that came to a valuable lesson, which is to simply ask. When you need something and when you need help, um, ask. Because you will, I've definitely grown a lot with that and and I will continue to do it. And that even comes down to my current employees. I will make sure I ask them for advice on something that I'm trying to implement in the business or that we as a team here are trying to implement as a business. Mm Because there's often times when they're more knowledgeable about something than I am. I'm not afraid to ask now, but those were, that was a huge mistake in the beginning that cost me several hundreds of thousands of dollars in the beginning. Yeah. And I mean, it's actually not fun to think about how long it took me to realize it and how many failures I was going through before I would just suck up my ego and just say, Hey, listen, I don't know what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. Um, you know what I feel like ego is. Skin Deep is is really embedded in, in, in many of us and I also suffer from it and I can relate very much because the decisions you make, the relationships, the business you do, everything is just completely, I feel it's a chaos and people, you know, that are facing chaos when they're dealing with ego, especially a very strong ego is it penetrates yeah. many layers of the business. So I'm glad that you shared that. Actually, that's a really good yeah. point for our audience to, to hear that because it's definitely something that you don't want to have in business and no. general as well, but just especially in business.
1: You're right in general and in business, it hinders your growth. You're just slowing yeah. yourself down. So it's really just not a yeah. good thing. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Neil, so can you share what your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life? My innermost superpower that got me to this point? You know what? Patience. Patience and understanding that things are going to take time. We're surrounded with a world right now where everybody wants to be the overnight millionaire, whether they're watching a show like Shark Tank or they're turning on YouTube and they're seeing people become a just an overnight success. And for me, I was able to separate out in my, and it's a huge thing. I was able to separate in my head and say, hey, listen, the business I'm growing right now, it's not gonna grow to a hundred million dollars, maybe even in 20 years. So I have to be patient. And so I was able to be, I was able to remain patient to grow and go 300,000, 500,000, 600,000, a million, Mm -hmm. 2 million, 3 million and just keep going on a slow pace. And I'm glad I was able to do that because patience is something that is lacking today. And if you can have it, I think you can win. I think if you can have something that you could just see around you that the world doesn't have, and you have it, it's just another tool in your chest. And clearly I can, everybody can open their eyes and see that patience has gone out the door today. Everybody wants the Amazon effect, whether it be with their money or their products or their services, they want it, they want it now, so. I will service that way with my customers and I will give them the Amazon effect to do it last minute. But for me personally, I don't need to become wealthy in a day. I understand that takes years.
0: No, it's great, Neil. Patience and then add some persistence to it as well. And oh, yeah. it's yeah, it's beautiful. No, amazing. Yeah. I'm glad that you shared that. But what you gotta make a, a give make a promise with us. So the All promise right. is that once you reach the 100 million mark, you're going to contact us
1: and come on the show again. All right, you got it. I have some time for that, that but I'll get there. All right, so <laughs> I'll see you in a couple of months.
0: And <laughs> so thank you so much, Neil. It was a pleasure meeting you, pleasure talking to you. You seem like a very honest, open, real person. And I can see the success that you're achieving has a lot to do with that and the relationships that you're building and i hope our show our audience can come and and support you you support them and we all grow together and i appreciate your time and and again thank you for coming on the show thank you i appreciate it no problem and audience thank you so much once again for joining us we definitely appreciate and love you guys all. And we really appreciate the fact that you guys are helping us grow. Without you, it's just, I don't see how that can happen. So I'm grateful to all of you. I'm grateful to guests like Neil that are coming on the show to share their message. Anything that you want to re- get in touch with, for example, with Neil, his information will be in the show notes, check out his site, check out his furniture, what he has to offer and see if he can utilize it for an event. Appreciate you guys as well. And I appreciate you, Neil. Thank you.
1: Thank you.